Ah, numbered cards. Crazy parallels. There are only so many of them printed. They're super short prints. This means they're rare, scarce, and valuable. Or are they? What's up, wrestling fans, trading card collectors? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling With Cards. I'm your host, Zan. You can check me out on all social platforms at Morning. Today, I want to dig into numbered cards and parallels. We often think of them as being more rare or sought after than just the base cards, or that they carry a higher value. Some people love them, some people hate them, both for a variety of different reasons, and we're going to get into some of those on today's episode. But before we jump into that, a quick reminder, please subscribe if you're digging this, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to this on, tell a friend, share it with the world, and don't forget to check out the links below in the show notes to my YouTube channel, all my social platforms, Patreon, the World's Collide podcast, my eBay store, and much, much more. So numbered cards and parallels in wrestling. To my knowledge, this started in 1994 with the action-packed set featuring the Macho Man and Undertaker cards, each of those being hand-signed and in the packs numbered to 500. Later on, we saw Fleer-numbered stuff, and then it literally exploded in the 2000s era with tops. And that has continued all the way through our modern products. In my opinion, the number and parallel cards were produced to create more of a chase for collectors, meaning more money in the pockets of the card companies and the IPs that just keep printing these things. So let's look at some pros for numbered and parallel cards. They generally are cooler, they're more visually appealing in my opinion, and they are more rare than just the base cards. You would think that part is all pretty self-explanatory, but when you start looking at the low numbered and certain colors of parallels, that's when things get a little bit interesting. Golds always sell regardless of what they are numbered to. Everybody always is chasing down the out of 10 and out of 5 and out of 1s, but why? Why do they want those? I think I've narrowed down a couple of reasons why people chase these types of cards. First being the player super collecting. Obviously, I am one as a carrying cross super collector. You gotta have them all. It's like Pokemon, catch them all. But when you're going for a certain player or a wrestler in this case, and you're going that route, you've got to catch everything. Like I said, the Pokemon reference. One copy minimum of everything that's ever been released of that person that you collect is the goal. So releasing numbered and parallel cards of those base cards means more fun things to chase for a super collector. Completing the rainbow, building out binders, maybe it's building out registries. For some people, numbered or parallel cards is all they collect. They don't want the base cards because everybody has those. They want what other people don't. They want the lowest number card or a certain color of card for their favorite superstars that they can afford. Sometimes we even see people build out PCs or sets that are only certain numbers or only certain colors of cards. However, let's look at some potential cons of numbered and parallel cards. Let's start with the overproduction. Wait, you may be asking the question. If cards are numbered and they're low print run, how are they overproduced? Well, wrestling cards in general are lower produced than traditional sports cards, which is good for us. However, we've seen more and more products come out each year from numerous trading card companies. Now, let me use a sports card reference here for this argument. I remember listening to an episode of the Card Talk pod, which if you're not listening to that, I know they don't talk a lot about wrestling, but how many times have I said you can listen to these content creators in the hobby, take what they have to say, and see if it fits wrestling. More often than not, it does, and you can get a leg up on the competition to complete that rainbow, or maybe to flip that card, whatever it is your intentions are. But they were talking about quarterback Trevor Lawrence from the Jacksonville Jaguars and his rookie card one-of-ones that were available. And I, I'm sorry I looked for, I can't quote this, but... I think it was in the total releases across all the cards that he was in. I want to say it was like hundreds or maybe the low thousands of one of ones that were available. But my point is, the other, and others may agree with me on this statement, I guess, 
if there are that many one-of-ones, are they actually truly rare? I don't know. You'd have to question that. And then that leads to the question, if the if there's that many one-of-ones, then what makes all these other lower number cards valuable? Uh, you know, is the out of five now? Because maybe there's hundreds and thousands of these cards that are numbered out of five or out of ten. So then technically, they aren't that rare. It's just oversaturation, regardless of what the cards are, or regardless of what they're numbered to. People argue that from a value perspective, only a few card releases actually matter, and the rest is junk. But as we all know, being in the hobby and collecting cards isn't all about money. For many, it's not about money at all. And speaking of saturation, many who set collect or just go after base rookie cards find that the numbered cards and the parallels are a complete headache to navigate. And this can sometimes limit their collecting of certain cards or sets that they otherwise may have had interest in. So all that being said, are numbered cards and parallels actually rare or sought after? Yes and no. And there are a few caveats here. First being the rarity, scarcity, and collectability. I've stated earlier and have in many episodes that every card is collectible. Every card has a home, no matter what type of card it is. They're just different levels of demand and different types of collectors out there for those. A gold Shayna Baszler isn't going to bring in the same amount of money as a gold Hulk Hogan. A 1 of 1 Orange Cassidy isn't going to bring the same level of interest as a 1 of 1 MJF. And while that may seem self-explanatory, I often see people thinking their cards are valuable, rare, and sought after just because of the number on it or just because of the parallel on it. On the flip side, sometimes these cards are very rare even if they don't seem like it. For example, going back to that discussion I had at the beginning of this show with the 94 action-packed Macho Man and Undertaker, I also used the 2013 Hulk Hogan PMG. How about some of the Topps Chrome Golds, etc.? Those are all cards that on the surface are numbered higher than you would expect. However, they aren't available 24-7 like some of these other cards are. You also have to take into consideration that some of these cards get locked up in collections, so you're never, you know, that limits how many are actually available. There's 99 available and you've got 60 collectors out there that have locked those up. You know, you're not going to see them every day. And you also have to take into consideration, sometimes these are lost, damaged, or just thrown away. Some could be sitting in unopened wax still. So that's why sometimes these may be more rare on the surface than they appear, even if the card is numbered to 199. What do you think of numbered and parallel cards? I'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions. Do you collect them? Do you hate them? Do you agree or disagree with any of my statements I've made today? Let me know on social media. Feel free to tag me in any responses to this podcast, and let's get a discussion going around the numbered and parallel debate. You can find all the links to my social platforms in the show notes, along with all the other ways that you can help show your support for all of the content that I put out there. If this episode brought you some value, please hit that subscribe button, leave a review on wherever platform you're listening to this on, and please tell a friend, spread the word, not only about this wrestling card podcast, but wrestling cards in general. Let's grow the hobby, let's grow the listener base of this, and just get more people to have fun with wrestling cards. And until next time, keep collecting, keep having fun. Normally, I would say keep buying the numbered parallel cards, but after this show, you may not want to. Either way, just keep having fun. We'll see you next time.